Hey guys, I'm excited to do a really great giveaway this month. This month's giveaway is the ESV Preaching Bible provided by Crossway. Created from the ground up with input from pastors and church leaders, the ESV Preaching Bible was designed with the preacher in mind. This edition features highly readable 10-point type in a single-column format, enlarged and boldened verse numbers to make it easy and to quickly locate verses on the page, extra-wide margins for notes, high-quality paper, and durable Smithsonian binding befitting a preacher's most valuable tool. Learn more at crossway.org. And last month, I was provided with one of these Bibles. I've been using it for a month and absolutely loving it. You can sign up for the giveaway in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Today, we're going to have a refresher on COVID lockdowns and what we're to do about it. Let's pray. Lord, I need wisdom and direction. Help me with this. I pray for anybody that's listening in. I know that there, there's some, there may be some people that are listening that have a different perspective or, or view on this than I have, and I just pray that we would we would unite around your word and that your word would give us clear direction on what we should do as we face possibility of lockdowns from state to state, county to county, and uh, the possibility of vaccine passports and all that kind of stuff that's coming. Help us to have wisdom how to navigate all of that, and specifically as a church, help us to have wisdom on how we move forward, and I trust you're going to do that. Thank you that you've not remained silent on in your word about issues that we're facing today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is really a refresher, and I want to encourage you from the beginning to go ahead, if you haven't, and read The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Truella. I cannot emphasize this enough. This is going to be what we're going to be seeing in the fall, I think, in different variants of COVID-19. I think what we're seeing is evidence of what may happen year in and year out with the government trying to do what's unprecedented in history, which is quarantine people who are healthy for a virus that is not deadly. And I realize that there are people that have died from COVID-19. I'm not saying that people don't die from that, but I am saying it's not a deadly disease. Nobody thinks the flu is a deadly disease, but there are people who die from the flu. Same thing with COVID. It's not deadly, but there are people who die from it. Most of the people who get COVID are going to be just fine. That's still the statistics. That's still the reality. We need to remember that. Now, what are we to do Now that we've been through all the lockdowns of 2020 with the possibility of lockdowns in 2021, and this is just going to be a refresher for you. And pastors, I really want to plead with you, local pastors in Southern Illinois, if you're listening, I'm going to plead with you to not ever again stop services. And I'm going to plead with you to not have your people wear masks. And I'm pleading with you to not social distance. Keep going on. The CDC does not have authority over our local congregations. You have the authority. You're going to give an account before the Lord. Guard the deposit entrusted to you. That's your obligation at the local church level. You are a shepherd of the sheep, not the CDC, not your county, not your state. You are. Your governor is not going to give an account for your local assembly. You are. Okay, so how to face lockdowns. Now, let's just think through a few of these things first. We all know Romans 13, that we're to submit to governing authorities. And if you don't know about that, like if you've not worked through Romans 13 and you still think Romans 13 means absolute surrender of everything to the government and do whatever they say, whenever they say it, they say jump, you say how high kind of thing. 
Let me just give you a refresher on Romans 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Hard stop. Who is that in America? Okay, that's going to be different in whatever government system you are a part of, the application of Romans 13. Because in America, we the people function as governing authorities. And we have obligations to hold those who are elected and appointed officials accountable to the law of the land, which is the Constitution of the United States. Governors and state officials, county officials, and health boards, they are not kings and queens. They do not have that authority. They work for us. We have to understand American history and American government to be able to understand Romans 13 correctly. Now, let me tell you something that's true across the board. No matter what government you live in, no matter what government, no matter what time in history you live in, wherever it is that you exist right now, this is always true. From Acts chapter 5, verse 29, you guys know this, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. This is going to be the principle that I'm going to be running with for the rest of this show, and I'm going to jump through four or five different things here that will show us clearly that we have different commands from different directions. We have different commands from the CDC, different commands from the government, and then we have God's word about it. So CDC's word, God's word. Government word, God's word. What are we going to take? First, this has personal implications, but it also has pastoral implications. The Bible tells us, six days you shall work. Six days you shall work. If the government comes to our people and says, you can't work, you can't go to work, well, we have commandments to provide for our households, and the man that does not provide for his household is worse than an unbeliever. We have commandments to work. Who are we going to obey? The government, employers, or God? So maybe you can't go into your work, okay? Well, still work, because God has told you to work. Do whatever you have to do to provide for your family. That's one simple implication. Now, let's, let's think about this. Uh, Churches, don't cancel services ever again for COVID, for goodness sake. We did for two weeks, we did online. My, my family went to service every single week, and we did the online broadcast thing. And then we went back for four or five weeks to a parking lot service, and then we just went back to normal in 2020. We will never cancel again for any sort of disease, probably not even the bubonic plague. We're going to continue to go and gather because God tells us to. Because I want you to hear Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Now, let's just see the CDC's word or your state official's word or your county board. And if they just say, stop going to church, stop having church. And many pastors will be like, okay, well, Romans 13. And by the way, about Romans 13, we're also told, for instance, that wives should submit to husbands and that children should obey their parents. And here's what we all know. But for some reason, this gets thrown out the window when it comes to the government. If a husband is commanding the wife to violate God's law, the wife should not submit to that. We all know that, even though there's no qualifications or conditions given. Thank you again, Matthew Trella, for pointing this out. If a child is asked by their parents to sin, that child should disobey the parents and obey God. Even though there's no qualification, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, there's no qualification or conditions given, and yet we all know when a child is asked to do something wrong, a child should not comply with that. Same with the government. Okay, same, the exact same thing. First Peter 2 as well. The exact same thing. If the government demands from us obedience that's violation from God's law, and it commands something that, that God forbids or forbids something God commands, we should disobey men and obey God. Again, these are just refreshers. Many of you are on the same page. If you're new with me, then this may be new to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together 
as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, this is a command. This is not just an example. What we see in the book of Acts is the example of the church gathering daily and in a large group at the Lord's Day weekly. We see this throughout the New Testament. There's one another's everywhere where the people of God are coming together. The church, the word church means to assemble. You can't be the church if you don't assemble. Yes, we are the church. Yes, like individuals are the church, but you can't assemble. You can't be the assembly without assembling. You have to gather. And here's an explicit commandment from the writer of Hebrews that we are to look and consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, and we are to not neglect meeting together. So your state says, or your city says, don't gather together. And what does God say? Do not neglect meeting together. It's absolutely clear. And pastor, you're getting paid by your congregation for goodness sake. Don't cower in the moment of need, when we have this one opportunity in America to step up and actually shepherd the sheep against tyranny, this is like the smallest persecution that most of us have ever experienced in our life. Instead of pastors squaring their shoulders and looking right in the face of their oppressors and saying, sorry, we're going to obey, what we have is pastors bending over all over the country. That's got to change. Okay, masks. I'm going to plead with you, do not or require your people to put masks on. If people want to, that's fine. Treat your people like adults, but don't require that. We've already got one church in our community that I just found out they're already requiring masks. Again, it's, it's, I cannot for the life of me understand this, okay? Healthy people wearing masks. Okay, a healthy person putting a mask on in the history of the world, this is unprecedented. Healthy people were not required to walk around as if they're unhealthy. This is a violation of Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, verse 16. This is the ninth commandment, that we shall not bear false witness to our neighbor. Or how about Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, that says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and his practices. Do not lie to one another. And you strap that mask on in compliance, and you walk out and you go to a church service, and people don't get to see you singing, don't get to hear you singing as well, and they don't get to see your face, your nonverbal communication, and what you're presenting yourself as is an unhealthy person to a group of people. And that is a lie. That is not true. And I want to encourage all of you to think through that. When you're putting that mask on, you're thinking you're complying and doing some good. And by the way, there's just millions of studies. The masks are a big waste. There is no reason whatsoever to be walking around wearing a mask. Remember, Dr. Fauci said that. There's no reason whatsoever to put a mask on. But it is bearing false witness. You are not a sick person. And I get that there's going to be some people that listen to this and be like, it's just this is going to drive them nuts. No, how can you say that? You know, this is for the good of the other person and the droplets and all this stuff. And okay, all right, well, just let me give you some more verses then. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 2, to greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, that commandment is a commandment that's a universal commandment all across the board. The application of that commandment is going to be uniquely different. Okay, we don't go around kissing each other today like they do in France, you know, the cheek kiss thing. So we, we give like the bro hug or the handshake or something like that. But what this communicates is a warm and affectionate greeting to the brothers. We will not social distance. We will not or put a mask on because that violates the way that we greet one another. We are called to greet one another in the Lord with a holy kiss. In James chapter 5, verse 14, we're told what to do with those that are sick, and we are not to run away from the sick. Here's what it says. Is anyone among you sick? Let him put a mask on, and let no pastors get near him, and let him go, uh, no. 
Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Pastors are required, if they're going to be biblical pastors, to not socially distance. This is a this last year and a half has been a totally different approach to sickness from many, many pastors throughout the world than it has been in the history of the world. We've built hospitals as Christians. We have ran into the bubonic plague. And here today in 2020 and 2021, pastors have said, no, I'm going to put a mask on and my pasty white skin is going to go bury myself in the house and I'm not going to pray for anybody that's sick. And that is an abdication of responsibility. That is a derelict not doing what God has called him to do. That is a pastor who is in no way an actual pastor. If your pastor has been like that and you're just a church member, leave churches or fire that guy immediately. I mean immediately. We are called to pray for the sick and touch the sick. So it comes down to this. Does the CDC have authority over your local assembly, pastor? Do they have the authority to dictate the terms of what you're going to do? of communion, of prayer, of singing, of touching? Do they have that authority? Or has God given you that authority in the local church? And if that's the case, and it is the case, then across the board, we always have to obey God rather than man. That is the central issue. We have inverted that, and we have so many people and so many pastors and so many churches that are saying, no, we would rather obey men over God because we want men to be happy with us. That's the central issue. We want to be liked by the world more than we want to honor God. That's the issue. So I hope this has been helpful. It's meant just to be a refresher. And pastor, if you're on that line again and thinking, oh, should we do masks or not? Please don't. Don't require masks and social distancing. And whatever you do, do not cancel your services. Obey God over men.